Welcome to Parenting Your Sensitive Child. Parenting a highly sensitive child can feel overwhelming, and all the parenting books in the world can only get you so far if your head and your heart are out of alignment with your child's. I'm your host, Julia McGarry. Let's create a new parenting paradigm. Hey y'all, I'm planning to do things a little bit differently this week and for the next few weeks as we roll through August, primarily because I'm anticipating it being a little bit busier of a month for me. We're going camping, we're taking a trip out of town, and I want to be sure that I still get these podcasts out to you, right? So I'm going with a little bit more of an unscripted episode. Usually I sit down and I write out what I want to say first because I really like writing and because it helps me stay on track and stay articulate with you. But I think there's value in having these unscripted, unstructured episodes from time to time. There's value in hearing the humanity in my voice and hearing those moments where I'm not perfectly articulate because, y'all, I'm human and when we talk in person, it doesn't always flow as clearly as this, right? So, here we are. This is episode number one of these unscripted, free-flowing episodes and today I really want to focus on how much information your child needs. This is something that comes up a lot when we're talking about kids, uh, like toddlers, young children who are asking big questions, right? That's the first place our mind tends to go with how much information do they need. But I want to offer that for a highly sensitive child who's starting to think through bigger issues in the world, maybe they're in elementary school, maybe they're in middle school, having the right amount of information can help them from spinning out and it can help keep them grounded in the moment. Having too much information can cause more anxiety. Having not enough information can create a lot of anxiety too. So we want to figure out how much is the right amount. When they're younger, an easy way to navigate this is simply to answer their questions in a basic age-appropriate way. And as they ask more questions, give them more information. As they get older, it's important to recognize when they are struggling because they're lacking sufficient information. So I was having a conversation with one of my beta testers yesterday. And if you haven't signed up for the beta test of my one-hour laser-focused coaching calls, what are you doing? Go get on it. There are only 10 spots available. They are filling up. And there's only about three days left. You have to sign up by this Friday, the 29th. Okay? Pause. Go do it. I'm looking forward to talking to you. Anyway, in one of these conversations, we were talking about an older child who is prone to worrying about germs. And one of the things we discussed was that maybe they didn't have enough information to settle their mind. 
When we hear our kids start to get worried about something, for a lot of us, the initial thing that comes up is like, oh my gosh, this is not that big of a deal. Calm down, right? But it is a big deal for them. And if you can catch that thought in your mind, that, whoa, this isn't that big of a deal thought, and remind yourself, it is a big deal for them, they are probably missing some information, or there's a gap in their information, or they've been misinformed, and their brain is running away with them. One of the quickest ways to help them in that moment is to give them accurate information. So if they're worried about something happening that you know couldn't possibly happen, show them the logic of it. Show, give them the information that they need to fill in with their logical brain. Like, wait a second, you're right, this couldn't actually happen. Okay, help them figure out how those germs are transmitted. Help them figure out, for, like for me, in middle school, I was constantly afraid that somebody was going to break into my second story bedroom in the middle of the night. And the more I thought about, the more that I looked at how difficult that would actually be, what that would actually require, the easier it was for me to settle down. But without some outside perspective, I just thought somebody could climb the tree and jump over, jump over to my window and break in, or that they'd bring a ladder and put it up to the roof and climb up to my room. When our kids start to spin out in that way, they're not always being logical. They don't always see that if somebody was going to break in, they'd break in through the bottom floor. If you were going to get sick from those germs, you would be showing symptoms already. They need those missing details to fill in, and they need it to be from a reliable source, too. So sometimes that's you. Sometimes they need to see the actual science of it, the actual, like, okay, here's how this germ is transmitted. Here's what you do to prevent it. If your experiences don't line up with those specific ways it's transmitted, if you are taking the appropriate precautions to prevent it, you're covered. Sometimes they need to see that in writing or on a computer. In that situation, then your responsibility is to simply be the filter, right? You don't want to set them free on the internet and have them <laughs> stumble into all these worst case scenarios and make it worse for themselves, right? You want to direct them towards the actual information, what is the most realistic, most likely scenario that they're going to encounter. Another situation where it's really relevant to ask yourself how much information your child needs is when you're talking to them about upcoming events, right? Some kids need a week to prepare themselves for going to the doctor. Some kids, if you give them a week, they're going to spend that whole week spinning out and worrying and struggling to sleep because they have so much anxiety about that upcoming event, about that doctor's appointment or the family vacation. So you have to know your child and you have to know how much 
information they as an individual need. It's also helpful to know what they need to help pull themselves out of it. That's another layer of information that they may not have, they may not have been exposed to, right? We don't automatically know as humans how to pull ourselves out of that stress cycle, those cycle of like thought loops. So if you know that your child is one who does get kind of fixated on upcoming events and you prefer to tell them the day before rather than the week before, but sometimes those things are out of your control. Like say a friend has invited them to go watch a parade with their family next weekend and they know it's happening and they know you're not going to be there and there's going to be a huge crowd and they don't really know what to expect from their friend's parents. In those situations, you can help them by filling in their gaps around how to manage that kind of anxiety. You can help them by helping them recognize what their imagined worst case scenario is and how they would deal with it. Okay, sometimes we spin out because we don't know what's going to happen. And if we can actually give our brains a reasonable, a believable approximation of what might actually happen and how we deal with it, it takes away a lot of that pressure, right? And the same thing is true for our kids. They might be stuck in dreaming up all these worst case scenarios and fearing the outcome, right? They aren't taking that next level step of figuring out what they would do in those worst case scenarios. So that's where we come in. That's where we give them more information. Okay, you're really worried. You're worried that this might happen. What would you do if it actually did happen? Let's make a plan so that you know, so that it's not so scary and you know how to handle it. I was actually doing this with my daughter this morning, right? She is in week two of summer camp. Last week was Girl Scout camp. This week she's doing a forest school camp. And she's supposed to bring a walking stick with her. We picked one out last year. We had it cut to the perfect height that she was last year. And this morning we couldn't find it. We only were able to find another, a different stick. And it's not the perfect height. It's an acceptable height to her, but the guides for this camp specify that it should be like two hands below their shoulder, something like that, right? She knows this. So she was a little bit worried that her stick was too tall. And she was saying, mom, they might say something to me. What if they say something to me? And I told her, Look, I don't think they're going to say something to you. But if they do, let's make a plan for what you can say. So if they say, hey, your stick is a little bit taller than it's supposed to be, couldn't you just say, yeah, I know, I'm okay with that. We're planning to cut it later. We just didn't have a chance to this morning. In those situations, for my daughter specifically, she would normally just shut down and say nothing and be very upset inside and lose all enjoyment for the rest of the day of camp. So anything I can do 
to help her find the words to explain herself, to stand up for the decision she made because she chose to bring a stick that wasn't exactly the right height and she's okay with that is going to help calm her mind around the possibility of somebody calling her out for her decision. Even if you think it's unlikely that what they're worried about will happen. Like, I don't think it's very likely that her camp counselors will say a word to her about the length of her stick. They're going to have too much else going on that they're processing and managing, right? But without a clear plan of how she would handle it, she would be spinning out on the possibility that they might. She needed more information. She needed a plan. Okay, so just to sum it all up, there are a number of different contexts in which you might find yourself asking how much information they need. The number one thing to look for across ages is if your child is spinning out in worry about something that doesn't seem like it should be causing that much worry. And if they're asking questions, you know, if they're asking questions, just answer their questions. But if they're worrying, then remind yourself they probably just need more information. Let's give them a little bit more information and see if we can help them put it together in a way that calms their brain. And then when their brain is settled a little bit, help them calm their nervous system, help them shake off their worry or take a couple of deep breaths with you so that they're ready to go forward and face their day, face these things that have been seeming like a really big deal. I hope that's helpful for you. And I hope that if you are somebody who finds yourself thinking things like, oh my gosh, this isn't a big deal. Can't you just calm down? Then you will reach out and set up one of those laser-focused coaching calls that I'm offering Join me as a beta tester. It's a hundred bucks, a one hour call, and that hundred dollars can be applied towards other coaching packages, my one-on-one coaching or my group coaching program, Intentional Legacy Creators, which I'm launching again in September with some exciting changes. So get on it by Friday and I'll talk to you in the next episode. Are you fired up to make change in your family? Ready to change course and stick to it? You're gonna wanna get on my email list. It's like a direct line to my brain sent straight to you every week. It's helped my clients start making changes before they even get on a call with me. Sign up and get any of my free resources, link in the show notes.